How are you, Hagen? I'm doing well. Pretty good. Yeah, nothing to How's the R&D world treating you? Treating me well. Um, just chugging away on some projects. We do have something pretty exciting coming around the bend, though. So next week there'll be a around the bend. Yeah, next week a little announcement for something. I guess I can. Well, he's not. Li- he's not listening, so I can say it's a. It's a challenge. New challenge. I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but um, any sneak peek for listeners so they can. That's kind of the sneak peek. Idea. No, I. I don't want to give too much away. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't consult with James Donald Holmes on what exactly I'm allowed to say or not. So, That's but it is a new challenge, so it'll be exciting. Um, and it, I think it's a really neat one, and I think it'll get people very excited and, and get them back to the innovation station because we've been a little. A little bit of a dry spell on idea submissions. It'll be nice to get get people back on there. That's pretty exciting. What about you? What's going on in the VDC world? Oh, a lot. Oh, busy. We're in April. That is true. You know what I said about April? I'm going to the fools. Not if you noticed, but I tried to prank you by dressing the same. Yes, I happened to notice, and even the post I mirrored uh, you by accident because uh, it's very comfortable. We got new chairs. I don't know if we. We did, yeah. You like them? Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, okay. Uh, so in my VDC world, pretty busy. I know next week we're getting together to have our first quarterly meeting. We get to kind of just both all three offices, four offices, all the offices, uh, come together just to kind of review our OKRs and initiatives that we set ourselves up at the beginning of the year. That's pretty nifty. Uh, so that'll be next week. I do that every. My whole department comes together almost every day. Oh, it's really? Yeah. Well, pretty nice. Exciting exciting yeah but wish we had that well i think it's a bad thing well it's a good and bad thing right when i see your boss every day i didn't say that i didn't say that uh um but you know that means we're small right so we want to grow we want to be a little bit bigger uh now apart from that i think you were part of this last week we were invited by the university of austin university of texas at austin university of texas at austin place you spent four years or whatnot i gave it half my money uh but we went there and we were judging some sustainable dog houses built hmm. by students. Yeah, oh. I was there. I know. And uh, Rebecca Lamas, Yamas, and um, Maddie Smith, Madison Smith. Yes. So you should be seeing a post about it in social media. Oh, really? Hopefully soon. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not gonna be in the post. No. Okay. Oh. Take any photos with you in it? One. There you go. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Well, that's that's everything's on my world. Okay. Well, great. Oh. All right. Here we have some. Sports news. Well, I was uh, we were fishing for some stories um, out in the crowd here in the little annex, and so just some updates about you know things going around going on in the world. Um, so we have you know the the Masters is is going on I think now, um, but this weekend. Um, so look out for that. And then the NCAA basketball is over. Uh, UConn won for the men's, and then LSU for the women's. If you hadn't seen those things or know those things, I didn't know about any of those three things until. About 30 minutes ago, so now you know. Now everyone knows. Um, yeah. Are, are you a big golf fan, basketball fan? Did you know those things? I knew the March Madness was happening. I didn't know. It was well, it's over now. <laughs> now it's April awareness. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an alliteration. Yeah. Oh. April AI month. Is that a real thing? No, it's not a real thing. <laughs> no, I didn't know. That basketball and golf are not my go-to sports. What's your so. go-to sport? I'm a big tennis fan. Oh, okay. Um, Any opens coming up? Uh, no, the closest one might be the French Open, but that's closer, a little closer to May. Oh, okay. We got a month or so. Yeah. 
in that. Which, if anything, is not a major, but it's the Indian Wells in California. Indian Wells? Yeah. Uh, okay. Isn't that uh, Federer's thing? No, that's the last one he played in, right? There's something about Federer. Nope. I'm misspeaking. Mis- mis- I'll just stick to the I know sports. Yeah, there you go. Much better than the no sports. Uh, and I think you also have fun facts about Today in History. Today in History, yes. Can share those? Sure. Pocahontas, she married, not John Smith. Common misconception because of the movie, oh, which I know you're a big fan of. Um, Talk to the Wind. Sing that in the shower every morning. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did too. I, I said, oh yeah. wow, we did. I was just oh, wow. belting it out. Um, but no, she's wearing, marries John Rolfe. I say this because it's actually a trivia question at my last week's trivia that I went to. Interesting, and we got yeah, it right. right, not because of me, but because of my fiance who likes that movie a lot. Um, and George Washington issued the first veto in American history today, many years ago. I don't remember how many. What's today's date? The fifth, because it's it's also I don't have it on here, but today in history in. 1957, Rodney Raymond Fritz, my father, was born. So, oh, shout out to my dad who knows nothing about this podcast. <laughs> Not yet. Not no, yet. no. Uh, and then more of my heritage because it's uh, just all about me, right? This, like you. Yeah, this 15 minutes is all about me. Guest chair and just, well, I think, yeah, I would. No, well, what I would. Anyway, Dutch explorer. I'm because I'm Dutch. That's um, Jacob. Ragavine? Ragavine, I believe. I had the computer pronounced it. Dutch guy. I forgot. I know. I don't think there's any. It's probably like Ragavin, you know, that, that WV thing. Uh, he discovered Easter Island, um, and he named it. Well, he's the first European to discover it. I'm sure other people had discovered Easter Island at that point. But he named it because of what's happening this weekend, other than the Masters. Easter. Easter, yes. He discovered it on Easter Sunday, so that's why he named it. I was always curious why, that's why it's called Easter Island. I know it has the big heads, right? I think it's little like statues, right? The wooden statues. Bunnies? No. Oh. I mean, they might have bunnies there. I don't know. But he named it because he found it on Easter Island. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Those are just some, some fun facts. Some, some things going around. Speaking of things going around. Wow. We're building around the world with our new segment. Oh, we are. Wow. Uh, I know in this week's news, uh, I know wanted to share how the, apparently there's a, a Artemis mission by NASA. Oh. Where they're trying to build a AI space factory that they'll be really creating. They'll be creating a 3D printed base camp named Lina, which stands for Lunda Lunda Infrastructure Acid. Uh, I wonder why it's not lunar. Why is it Lunda? I don't know. Send them a letter. Okay, I'll send them a letter. Uh, but this should be. It's aiming for 2028. So that's actually closer than that rail that I talked about last month. I know. So last week, on your spare time at night, just look up at the moon and be like, huh. There'll be something 3D printed there. So you're saying, so the factory's going to be 3D printed, and then it's a, what's the AI part of the space factory? Like, is it creating other things? Uh, so now they're just building, I think, the base camp. Okay. It's not a factory, it's a base camp. Okay. Astronauts, astronauts to hang out in. Oh, okay. It's fun up there, I hear. Uh, on the world. So that should be, again, it's called the Artemis mission. If you want to look it up. Okay, Artemis. I feel like they've already done Artemis. I feel like they've done a lot of things already. Hmm. But Hopefully they do more. That was our out of money. building over the world. It is. Oh. Uh, unless you have anything else. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I do, but I don't. So we'll, we'll save. So I think it's time to. Oh, it's time to introduce our guest. We have to stop talking. I don't know. Okay. Oh, we got oh. five minutes. Oh. We can introduce our guest. I mean, he's a pretty interesting guy. I think so. Yeah, he's probably more interesting than us. Well, what do you know about the guest? You've been here eight months now. Uh, I know not he's to put you in the spot. tall. He's <laughs> and tall. I know he's at Cambria. Ta-da! Um, that's about, and I know his name, and I know he's 
about to get married. Just got married. He's flicking me off over there. Oh, wrong finger. <laughs> showing wrong finger. You <laughs> showing you the Just got married, I think, though, right? Yeah. He went on his honeymoon recently, I believe. Those are the things I know about him. Well, let me tell a little Could bit more about him. Okay. He has led the RO Rocket kickball team to almost two championships. <laughs> For sure, one. The last one was a little. I don't know why he chose that finger to show you and the other one to show me. Last one was debatable. Yeah. Uh, I was on the bench, so I didn't get to play. Oh, yeah. A kick would have led us to victory. Maybe. Just kidding. We'll never know. I'm more of a, a hype man. Uh, okay. I can see that. But. Our guest, I don't yeah. want to almost give it away. Uh, he's a great leader and he's a very optimistic uh, coach as well. So if you're interested in joining the kickball team next fall, I'm sure he'll be leading the team again. Hopefully he will. I just got the nod. Okay. Uh, we got the green light. The green light. And then he's just the type of friend you want. Whenever fists go up at a bar, you want him Good on your know. side of on the ring. Okay. Not really to fight, but to, you know, cool down your jets. Okay. Well, we evacuate the area. Well, the fists are just there to you scare them. Grab a towel and you wipe your sweat off. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so that's how you grab. Well, towels. you say fists, and I don't know. He didn't. He didn't fight anybody. So. No, he's like he's a peaceful man. It's hard to think on the spot. You're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, but you know what I said. You can't spell a good time without Zach in it. So. Oh. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's I think right. Yeah, yeah, right. I see uh, it. I, I see the spelling. I know coming out, you say over six feet. I don't know. I don't know his actual height. Four. He's four feet. Four feet tall? Yeah. Shoot. I, I have my notes wrong. <laughs> uh, but coming at over six feet, he kind of makes me feel like Kevin Hart when I stand next to him because I have to look up mm. and bend my neck. Um, <laughs> but he, but without further ado, he's the authentic, outgoing, and brother from another mother, oh. Zach Coker. Jesus. <laughs> Going, it's a little on the toasty side, isn't it? It's very hot. You know, I think having those doors closed isn't helping us any, but I also don't know that the entire marketing team and VDC team want to listen to, to us talk every uh, Wednesday for an hour. That's true. Are those soundproof doors? <laughs> it's an highly doubt it, given a, that they're glass. That's, yeah. They make sound <laughs> We Was it we paid up for our glass on at Cambria? Uh, that was a big thing. We hit one of our first meetings. Uh, owner walked into the building. We were having this whole discussion on okay, how much do we want to spend on glass, and you could hear since we're right on I thirty five, you could just hear traffic. And come five o'clock, we had just gotten out of a meeting, and you just hear everyone honking. Oh and man, we we had heard we were telling them a story about it, like oh yeah, no, we heard a fender bender the other day. It was brutal. And the guy looks at us, he's like, "Spend the thirty extra grand. Let's get the let's get the good glass. <laughs> Sounds worthwhile." And well, Mister Zach Coker, yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Came all the way over from uh, the lovely Cambria project. Really excited to be here. Thank yeah. you for that wonderful in intro. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was incredible. I don't know. Uh, Bruno seems to, I don't know if he forgets mm. or doesn't realize. Like, we send out an invite for these, and it has your name in there. Yep. And whenever you go to the YouTube link and everyone's sitting there watching this, it has your name in there in fact uh so i i don't know if he doubts people's ability to read <laughs> uh or, or just trying to you know build up uh build up some suspense or what i, I like it whatever it is because yeah. it gets me going it, it was it was great and it got got me got me ready to start going yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm loosened up after watching that perfect perfect 
Well, we're super excited to have you here, uh, especially, uh, I think, uh, we've had a lot of senior, more senior level people in lately. We had uh, Jennifer Gonzalez on, and we had uh, Kevin Porter on last week and all that. So it's nice to get uh, someone a little more in the weeds nowadays yeah. on here. This will be a good good talk. Yeah, I was watching a couple of the videos and seeing all the higher up execs, some really important people. So when I got the call, I was excited. You guy on the block, I've been here for five-year anniversary starts in June. So congratulations, uh, man. That's yeah, exciting. Definitely, definitely in the weeds more so than, you know, Grammar or Ash, if they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Grammar watches all of these, so he'll, oh, he'll catch that great. at some point. Well, congratulations on five years. I think you get a jacket at that point, right? Or I say a jacket. Uh, you get your, uh, I think I get the sticker. Sticker. Okay. Well, you know, s s stay in there. You'll oh, get a jacket yeah. at some point. Losing real estate on the hard hat. Lots of <laughs> stickers now. So you've been here for five years. Zach, what do you love about RO? Go ahead. Just rotate that like just 10 degrees. There we go. That's perfect. Go. Right on the money. Um, so like I said, I watched a couple of these before to prepare, and it's it's the same answer as everyone else. Uh Best thing about RO is the people. It's always, you know, since I've been here, it's been the people. Uh, Bruno touched on it. Uh, I'm the I'm the head coach of the company kickball team. We uh, play at Tuesdays anywhere from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. throughout the fall. Um, it's a really good time to get together with, you know, kind of the under 35s of the company, lots of office engineers, quality managers, assistant, PM, and supers. Um, just drink, play some kickball, get competitive, talk about the issues you're having on the jobs and what's going well, what's going poorly, uh, and just learn a lot from, you know, your, your coworkers. Um, everyone's, you know, it's the fun thing about construction. Uh, everyone's just pretty down to earth. No one's trying to, you know, play gotcha. It's a very, the, the community of ROs, you know, everyone's trying to help each other. Everyone's trying to you know, just make sure everyone's project goes as well as possible. So, and you you feel that. So, the people. If you had asked me to guess what some of the positive impacts of playing kickball at like as a company would be, I would have never guessed that there's like this information sharing going on of projects and lead times or whatever. Hundred percent. No, I I make sure to ask like Lily Manas or Nick Vargo. Uh, Branding areas, uh, any quite like if I have a sequence coming up that I know that they've been a part of before, they're they're always going to tell you more after the third or fourth Bud Light. So <laughs> I feel so like that a, goes for most things in yeah. life. So you're you're going to get to the real nitty gritty issues, and I mean sometimes it's just easier talking to people on your same skill level. Sometimes and people just want to help, but sometimes people can, you know, you ask someone that's been doing it for 10, 15 years, you know, like, hey, I'm about to run an MEP sequence for the first time. What do I need to look out? Like, what am I not seeing in the submittal that's going to come bite me in the butt? Um, you know, they're going to list you off a whole, like, you know, 10, 15 years of experience on every single little thing that came and bit them. Whereas, you know, you ask somebody closer to your age, closer to your experience level, and they're going to give you, like, the three big things like everything else will figure itself out make sure you do these three things and it will go way smoother so you know the experience is always nice but sometimes it's a little easier talking to you know your friends sure and that i'm positive none of those people have any malintent but i also think there's some those that have uh, those 10 15 20 years of experience i, I think of how things were 
being built 10, 15 years ago, and so much has changed. They may just not. I, I would imagine that doing a Procore and submittal, I'm sorry, doing a Procore, doing a submittal and Procore is going to be a bit, that process is going to be a, mm-hmm. a bit different. The content may be the same, right? But how you go about it is going to be a bit different. Someone like a, a, a Lily or a Brandon or what have you is, has been through that and going to be able to tell you, hey, watch out for this or make sure you check these boxes or mm-hmm. use these district groups. I, I don't know. But exactly. It's, uh, it's an interesting point that I think is probably under undervalued by folks that don't take the time to kind of take a step back and ask the questions. It's wild how even quickly, like I've only been here for five years and you know my my project engineer, Colby, there are some things that, you know, he'll ask me a question and I start explaining it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going way too deep. That's not what he asked. Like, I need to bring it down a level. He, you know, and really explain the nitty gritty of like, okay, this is what you're trying to accomplish. This is how you get it done. Um, so yeah, trying not to be too verbose, which I have a very big problem with. Um, and yeah, just trying to you know, guide people along the right way um, is a big thing. So speaking of taking a step back, you've been here for five years now. How did you end up at RO? Where'd you come from? So I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, uh, born and raised. Went to Ole Miss. Uh, I think I'm the only person at the company that went to. I was the first. I was the first Ole Miss hire at Rogers O'Brien, to my knowledge, uh, and I think I'm still the only one. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, getting to talk, smack, sending company wide emails to all the Aggies whenever we. <laughs> them up in uh, football um so yeah i so i was i interned and i will get to this part later uh i don't have a construction degree i'm not a cosi major or anything like that i have a business management degree from Ole Miss. um but i started early uh with internships with construction companies freshman year summer i worked as a laborer wheelbarrow picking up trash sweeping floors um and wrecking forms for a concrete uh sub yeah it was rough i lost a lot of weight um and then they <laughs> that that superintendent he was he was an old he was very much like denny densmore like rough old man like the way i work how so, dare you talk about denny like that uh, he, he is a pristine example of a human being if he's watching this i'm sure he smiled at that <laughs> um so yeah he he liked the way i work so he said hey come back Next year, we'll make you an intern and show you how, you know, what a construction company actually does. Because I literally just swept floors, wrecked forms. Um, so started that next summer doing RFIs and submittals for a church. Um, was there all summer for it. Uh, went back in uh, that December. Uh, Ole Miss has like a six-week, six or seven-week Christmas break. Oh. So, yeah, it pay for spring break every year. Um, so, yeah, I... I do summers and winters, uh, probably had about like a year and a half total of actual job site experience by the time I started looking for a job. Uh, met my now wife, then girlfriend at Ole Miss. Um, she's from Los Angeles. I'm from Dallas. Neither of us wanted to move to each other's hometowns. Um, so we decided Austin was the best place. And I was like, all right, time to start figuring out what GCs are in Austin. Uh, the guy at the company I was interning for had, you know, has a long relationship with Alan, Mike. Um, so got me an interview and I am here now. I'm a, I'm no geographer, but I'm pretty sure Austin isn't between LA and Dallas. So it's, she's watching. Don't, <laughs> you're going to get me in trouble. That's, that's awesome, Zach. I, I think in particular, the fact that 
as someone who also spent time sweeping slabs, wrecking forms and framing houses and things like that, I, I can appreciate that you, whenever you do those things, yeah, it, it gives you an appreciation for the folks that are out there whenever you're, whenever you are reviewing submittals or RFIs or whatnot, I think it, it creates a greater level of empathy. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, do we really need to two side that wall or like, can we go with earth forming it or whatever? Seeing the hurt on, We'll we'll also get into this later, but seeing the hurt in someone's eyes when they have to redo something because you miss something on some page on a ninety page submittal, it it hurts. Because yeah, I've been there and had to redo stuff myself. So it's yeah, it's not a fun feeling. Uh, so you mentioned you went to Ole Miss and you had a, a business major. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Business management. A business management. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you think that that having that degree in particular has made you into a, a particular asset within the construction industry um you know not not per se for my current role i think as i continue to progress you know superintendent um uh, and you know, possibly project manager in the future um i think it will but as far mm -hmm. as you know looking over submittals and rfis i think the best way to you know, really learn that stuff and learn how things are built is being on a job site um you know, my my major was mostly supply chain hr um i took a couple of uh entrepreneurship courses so like making business plans so like whenever i get to the point where i'm in those proposal meetings like i've already i've already had some had to make you know my own proposals for businesses in school but you know the timing will be so far off by that time we'll we'll see what i remember and what's changed <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there'll still be something up in there yeah do you ever feel like you're at a disadvantage not having that construction science background? Not at all. Um, that was actually one of the questions that uh, Alan and Mike asked me during my interview. I flipped it on them. Uh, I said it made me more humble. Um, <laughs> so knowing that I didn't have that major, um, knowing that everything that I know is from previous experiences and what I've been taught by someone that's not working for the company that I'm interviewing for um i was like i i'm gonna come in and try to soak everything up like yes i'm asking questions i'm gonna ask you questions i want to know how things are built i want to know how we do this how do you do this rogers o'brien um you know and they both smiled and liked that answer so it worked out but i love hearing it sitting here today uh, I don't think it's too much of an issue at RO, but there's certainly a group of people who come out, whether whether it be a, a civil engineering or a mechanical engineering or construction science or whatever, and they they feel like, ah, like I, I spent yeah. four years in school, five, six years in school, eight years in school. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. I, I can rock and roll with this. And they get out there, and they're not asking questions. They're not learning mm -hmm. because they're not asking questions. And that's that's what terrifies me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I we see it all the time during – plan review and stuff um you know you can sit down at a desk and write a whole mechanical system and put it on a plan be like this works you know does it really like what what are you not seeing like you know because there are so many other you know being the gc being the general contractor we have to know a little bit about everything as opposed to being like specifically a civil engineer mechanical engineer and all that kind of stuff so you know yeah some people can sometimes come in pigeonholed um and don't look at the bigger picture which is what we get paid to do so interesting because i hadn't really thought about uh, just had this thought now but like it's they might look at that plan and say uh, whether it be a uh, duct plan or fire protection where they say oh this works 
You're like, right, it works for you. Yeah. Does it work for the project? Mm-hmm. How does this integrate with all the other systems? How does it integrate with the building? Does it actually, you know, I'm thinking HVAC in particular, like, do you have vents in sensible places or is this a hotel where you have a register right over the head of the bed and someone's mm-hmm. getting blasted with cold air all night? Yep. Yeah, maybe it's a short run from the VAV or whatever, but this isn't sensible, right? Nobody wants that. Exactly. That's a, that's a fantastic point. I, I love your open mindset and willingness to, to be wrong and to learn and, and grow. Yeah. That's, that's, I think, one of the most I mean, valuable qualities anyone can have. Yeah, and there are definitely times on this I did uh, – I, I was part of the BIM process for the first time on this job, and, you know, you're, you're extending duct, moving stuff around, and, uh, you know, you're, all you're hearing in the back of your head is the – mechanical pm being change order this change order that you're making the duct long uh run longer I'm like oh, stop it shut up um but then you think i'm like no i need i need to get this duct here somewhere because i have these 10 foot tall storefront windows here and this and in august that spot right there is going to be hotter than hell and i need ac so i don't care i don't care how much it costs we in order to give you a good product Mr. Owner, Mr. Developer, Mrs. Developer, um, you know, it need we need to have AC there, and this is what it's going to be. Yeah, it's about finding that common ground, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure that HVAC contractor, like, they want to get paid. They want to have a good reputation. They want to do more work with RO. You want to make sure the client's happy. You want to make sure it goes in on schedule, on budget. Be like, we're all trying to build this thing, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we want people to come in here be happy with what they have. Yeah. Like you're telling me that we can't do this because we need to extend duct. Well, are, are there other ways that we could move other things around so that we don't extend the duct so far? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's cheaper to extend a line set rather than extend a duct 10 foot or whatnot. Yeah. Like you, you need to be open to having those conversations. And then it, it kind of furthering that point, it was great having like Jason Davies came onto our project a little bit later. I had pretty much already done all the BIM coordination. We were up through like, 15 or 16 you know we had the bim sign off documents there were like six or seven issues that we know or we were going to come up to in the field and he immediate he had just gotten off of helping close out uh the quincy which is also on rainy street um and came in with a lot of knowledge on why'd you do it this way why don't we do this why don't like you know if we move this thing over here you know we don't have to do that big long duct run and sometimes you're just looking at something for so long, you you can't picture it any other way. So always getting a fresh set of eyes on it um, is always helpful. Definitely. You brought up something interesting. I'm curious to hear from you about, uh, you mentioned uh, the Quincy being over on Rainy Street and then uh, Cambria is over on Rainy as well. What are some of the kind of unique challenges you've run into building on Rainy Street? Yeah. So parking is what difficult for the subs. We have no parking. Um, some of the subs uh pay for there's a finished hotel the homewood suites on rainy street um that we park in uh some of the subs some of the trade partners were able to get in there early like our our concrete the people who did our concrete did the building next to us there are four projects going on on that street right now off of i-35 it's a mess um not really we keep it clean um so logistically a logistically, mess. logistically a mess, a mess. it's well, actually very clean um <laughs> so where was i going with that um building on rainy street building on projects. rainy street so yeah parking is the n- number 
kind of biggest thing when guys first show up is where am I going to park? Um, the next, uh, next thing is deliveries. So we, we've contracted our covered walkway in a way to, you know, successfully get in 18 wheelers. That was Javier Rojas's brainchild. And he did a really good job with that. Um, you know, material, I've, I've been really impressed with how smoothly deliveries have been able to come in and out. Um, all four projects notify each other of deliveries and, you know, road work. Uh, we had to coordinate road work with our, with the GC directly next to us, uh, because we, you know, you got to tie in the civil water line together. Everyone, everyone on that street had to demo their section of a six inch city water line and upgrade it with a 12 inch water line because, you know, two 45 story condos going in and we are one of two 17 story hotels going in. And before that whole street was like a Mediterranean restaurant and like maybe a gas station. So, so there's, I remember rainy street being like someone's house and they had a kegerator in there. And you'd walk in and be like, yeah, man, three bucks for a Lone Star. I was like, deal. I'm in. Nope, now so, that Lone Star's seven. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, that is wild, though. You don't think about all those little things, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, going from a six-inch main to a 12-inch main. That's huge. Yeah, and the way, like, I mean, the way we had to install and the way it was on our plans, you know, because you can't, you can't take out the water before you've reinstalled the new one, right? So the way they wanted, the way it was on the plan is you had the, the existing six-inch line. Okay, well, then you got to build your 12-inch line. Um, you have to build that 12-inch line get it tested, run it through the city of Austin, have the inspector show up and everything. And then you're able to demo the six inch line. So how am I four feet underground going to demo this six inch line that is now covered up by something twice as big. So we had to, you know, redirect it and everything we got with the project next to us. Cause now everything wasn't tying in. We were both writing RFI. So I wrote an RFI with their QM equivalent to basically show both of our individual civil engineers like, Hey, this is what the guy's doing across the street. This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to tie in. Everyone's like, okay, cool. Get it. Man, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's, uh, there, there's certainly a competitive nature amongst GCs and all that, yeah. but there also doesn't seem to be a shortage of work in Austin. No, everyone's just, try everyone's trying to be on time. Like, yeah, that's the right? biggest thing you can do as a GC is in budget on time. And you know, you're not, none of, none of, Nobody on that street is going to be successful if everyone starts kind of puffing their chest and, you know, acting a fool, so you, to speak. Do you think that's uh, kind of a, a, a special factor, if you will, in the hospitality market? Or kind of what do you see some differences in the hospitality market from the rest of uh, or some of the other things that RO built? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's really cool that I've really only done hospitality. I've done Perry Mansion, which was the restoration of a 10-acre site. 100-year-old mansion, 50, yeah, do you remember? Um, you were on that one. Uh, you know, 50-year or 75-year-old chapel, um, and then the high-rise in West Campus, student apartments, 17 stories, you know, 150, 170 units, something like that, bunch of bed, like 500 bedrooms. They were, we had townhouses, we had, you know, so there were six bedrooms in some room, like it was 500 people, and they were moving in August 13th or we were buying hotel rooms for them. <laughs> um, and then now Cambria, um, you know, it's, again, 17-story, um, 212 units, um, kings, double, double queen suites, and stuff like that. 
Um, all of that to say, I've never done a data center. Um, I, I was only an intern at a church and a school before. So really what I know most is hospitality. Um, and it's an interest to me, it's an interesting, you know, sector of our business being that, you know, every, you're basically building someone's home for a year or two days. So a lot goes into a lot of thought goes into it and you want to make the best product possible because, you know, there are Yelp reviews, there are Google reviews. Like someone's, you know, someone's going to walk into that building and be like, this is the ho- I stay at this hotel every single time I come into Austin. Like someone, some college kid in West Camp is going to be like, me and my boys had the best time of our lives, like living in, you know, 1202 um, at Muse or uh, I forgot what they called. I forgot what they called 2020 after they named it. Um, but yeah, so you're, you kind of realize like, oh, I'm building someone's home, whether it's, you know, for a weekend or for a year. And uh, so just, that much more detail kind of goes into the finishes kind of like we were saying with the HVAC, like you want to make sure it's comfortable for people and you're not just, you know, throwing stuff into, you know, Oh, I need a wall outlet there. Well, well, you know what? I know for a fact that the couch is going to go over there. Where would I want to put my iPhone charger? Like where, you know, you want to make things accessible for people to make it comfortable to live. You don't just want to, you know, haphazardly go in and like, Oh, I see. I have, got four outlets and four walls they need to be 12 12 foot spacing so i'm just going to put them equal distance from everything all of a sudden the furniture gets moved in one's behind the bed the other one's like literally on the pole of the desk and you can't they're unusable so that's it's kind of my hospitality shtick (laughs) and i love it i think there's definitely some some quotable moments in there yeah the care that you bring into those projects is is phenomenal too I know that if I were staying at a, a hotel or moving into an apartment or whatever, I, I would want somebody thinking about those things. Yeah. Because uh, I've lived in terrible apartments where every outlet there, is behind I can't go furniture in, or whatever. I, I can't go into an apartment complex in Austin anymore without being like, <laughs> who put that there? <laughs> Why'd they do that? Just not or thinking. Like, and then some, and it's funny enough, some, like my, my buddy lives in a building with an exposed ceiling so you can see the ductwork and stuff. And you can see the beams. So sometimes you do notice like, like, oh, they literally couldn't get over there. Like that, that would have put the duct at, you know, you would have had a big 24 inch beam with a 12 inch duct underneath it. That looks ridiculous. Don't yeah. do that. So yeah, that's a little bit of a hot spot. <laughs> yeah. You end up uh, not being able to, to ignore those types of things. Yeah. Uh, I can't, we only have 23 minutes left. This is flying by. Um, going back to Ole Miss, yeah. uh, there's something called the Grove. The Grove. Could you tell me what your most uh, notable experience that is uh, YouTube live stream safe? Yeah, for work. Grove was for work and for work. I, yes, and that I can remember. Um, <laughs> so, uh, first Grove as a student, I was walking uh, walking to the Grove with my cousin and her boyfriend at the time, and ran into a girl that I had met the night before, and it turns out that she's now my wife. Uh, and that that was the first time where I got nervous I, for a second. All right, uh, my buddy, uh, my buddy kind of nudged me, and he was like, "You met her, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, she was cool." He's like, "Yeah, you should like ask her out sometime." I was like, "I think I will." Asked her out like probably three, four weeks later, and that was it. Haven't dated anyone since. <laughs> wow, so yeah. that, that's the most YouTube friendly Grove experience. <laughs> I don't know. I think too. That's probably a, a, a 
very notable one. Yeah. Uh, oh, the rest of your life has been with her the last, what has that been now? Like seven, seven years. eight years? Yeah. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's incredible. Appreciate it. Uh, so, and I don't think we ever really touched on it. What is your current role at RO? So I'm, I got promoted to assistant superintendent in December. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, so we, uh, my role really hasn't changed at Cambria. I'm still, I'm really still the QM on the project. Um, you know, doing a lot of, there aren't any more submittals to do. There are a couple finish stuff here or there, but you know, we're letting the project engineer take, take care of those. Um, writing a lot of RFIs since I did so much Our Cambria is structured a little differently than what I was used to at, you know, the West campus jobs. Um, yeah, we have at the West Campus job, we had Trey Stewart, who was the head super, um, Mitch Forsythe, who was the MEP assistant super, Luis Valdez did concrete, who's the assistant super. He did concrete and then did finishes. Um, so really three supers on the whole job. And you had a bunch of QMs and OEs doing all of the submittals and then running schedules. Uh, and all the punch work for their whatever their sector was. So like Sam Shruhal did all the skin. Carter Snape did the uh, did all the concrete and kind of specialty finishes like steel and stuff like that. And I did everything sheetrock in. Charlie Lamping did all the MEP stuff. So you know you had what was that four four or five uh, four or five QMs you know running all that, everything, every single submittal, every single RFI for that sector of the building was run through one person. The schedule was run through that person. Um, and you, you, you go get it done like any other construction project. At Cambria, it's a little different. We have, we have like four supers. It's Javier Rojas, who's the head super, Jason Aries, Jason Davies, Daniel Flores, Aldo Sandoval is the uh, MEP superintendent who's been awesome i would not understand anything about electrical if it wasn't for aldo um but you know so that's a lot of supers and they're more they're more in the scheduling uh scheduling aspect pushing the work and everything where i'm really just i'm my life is submittals and rfis and coordination i'm doing stuff on paper um on the computer coordinating you know the various trades and printing out field use documents for those guys and having them go run the stuff. When an issue arises, I go out to the field, help them out with it. You know, that pipe's not in the right place, stuff like that. Um, So it's a little different, but I kind of forgot what the question was. I was just wondering what your current role was. Current role. still Assistant super would have been fine. Assistant super, but yeah, still a QM basically. (laughs) So yeah, really just pumping out submittals, RFIs, and coordinated documents. What was that about? Long Uh, story short being verbose <laughs> i yeah i can i can go uh i'm curious to hear why uh, i'm assuming as a qm you kind of had the option of either going project mm-hmm. management type of route or a superintendent type of route what made you choose to go that superintendent route yeah definitely thought i was gonna when i first started on definitely thought i was gonna go project manager route and just it like you hear with any assistant super or superintendent once they got out in the field and saw the coordination of activities and pushing a schedule you get the you get the bug it bites you and you're like i like this i like you know i like being in charge i like kind of like bruno was talking about like i like coaching people you know pump up speeches we can do this like let's go get it done 
Um, so I, I just kind of naturally, you know, rolled into it. It, it didn't took a year and a half. And once I kind of actually figured out what I was doing and what I liked about the job, I was like, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm going to go the superintendent route. What would you, for those that are out there that are uh, PEs or QMs and coming upon that decision in the future, what would you, uh, what kind of advice would you give them as far as making that, making that decision? Uh, Got to do what's best for you. You're, you know, I, I think for, if, if you're a PE or a QM and you're already kind of, and you're already on a job site, seeing how things are structured, definitely, I mean, who do you look look up to on the job site? Why do you, you know, why do you enjoy working for that person? What is it about their job that you're a little envious of? Um, you know, why would why would you eventually want to be that person? Uh, and just follow follow your instincts. Um, I don't think like, you know, if you if you're working for some project manager and you're like, man, that guy's just behind a desk all day, just crunching numbers, spreadsheets like this. That is so boring. But I want to be a project manager what like okay wait I, I don't think that's for you then if you're also the guy that's out in the at the at the same time that you're saying that to yourself you're in the field like liking the coordination of all the work and pushing a schedule and stuff so then, don't you know yeah qms and peas you know just look at your project and where where would you want to be in five years really don't go chasing titles. Look at what the people are actually doing yeah, and yeah. see what go aligns do what with you, your desires. Yeah, go do what you like. Don't don't just do something for a title for sure. So who who would you consider have been to have been that influence on you, Beard Aro? How much time do we have? Uh, literally sixteen minutes. Sixteen but I mean, minutes. I'll left. let you talk as long as you want. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, wa- I wanted to give a lot of shout outs. Um, Take your time. For, First project was under Lacey Wilson, uh, Williamson, who she knows your to-do list better than you know it yourself. Um, really taught me how detailed, you know, a construction worker needs to be. Um, the right way to do stuff. She's smart, detailed, organized. Um, all things that I am not. Um, so really someone to look up to and just try to, you know, if I can... If I can get a little bit of that, I'm just going to be all right. Um, Andrew Smith was huge in like boosting my confidence, like you know, running that finish sequence at Noasis. Um, Smith was really, you know, instrumental in like, you're my interiors guy, man. You got, it. I've seen how hard you've been working on these submittals and these RFIs. Like you got it. Like I'm leaving it up to you. You let me know if someone's not performing or, you know, you're jumping up and down calling their VP. Cause I, I don't, I don't care. I'll call your VP if you're not performing. Um, you know, if, and if that guy's not even listening, let me know. I'll come swing the bigger stick. Like that's what I'm here for. But like you, you run the show, you got it. So, you know, puff my chest out a little bit. Like Smith thinks I got it. I definitely have it. <laughs> uh, and then Trey Stewart, you know, showing me the energy needed every single day to do that. <laughs> well, he's got um, a getting, lot of it, doesn't getting, he? Getting called at 6.30, 6.45 in the morning, ACDC blaring, like, let's go, wake up, like, let's go build something, you know? So, yeah, just, and all the other superintendents and assistants, uh, like, just, I mean, everyone I've worked with has been really instrumental in, in my growth, as I think any PE or QM would say, like, but we're we are we come in as multiple balls. You got to be a multiple ball of clay when you come in. Um, you know, you're 
you got to figure out where you fit on that job site and where best you can help. Um, so, you know, those people kind of molding you into what they need and you eventually figuring out like, Hey, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to do. You know, just helps projects out. I think 99% of the time in alternate universes, Trey Stewart is the world's best drill sergeant. Probably. And we got him the 1% of the time. He said, I'm going to go do construction. Yep. <laughs> we'll have him on here one of these days, and we'll, we'll, we'll have that, to inquire onto that. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll have to warm up the mute button for sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised it, it hasn't been used for me yet. Hey, you're doing I mean, great. I'm, being a, I'm doing great. On that note, I think we had Mr. Paul Cervanka. Am I saying that correctly? Oh, Paul, my brother-in-law. Oh, bro, okay, I didn't know if it was father-in-law. He, he he gave you a, a, a shout out there on on the channel. So thank you, Paul. Uh, you've got some fans out there. Sweet. Let's uh, let's see. You get a little vulnerable here. What's the biggest Ooh. mistake you've made on a job site? Okay. This is funny because I know you know the answer to this. Oh, once I tell it, you're gonna, yeah. Bruno's shouting the back. Okay, so one, you don't make mistakes on job sites. There are learning experiences. I've had a lot of learning experiences at my time in RO. Did this one involve something people would jump into? Yes. Okay. Okay. I do know what you're talking about. So, so long story short, before I get to the long story, they put the pool in the pool rebar in backwards at Perry. Sounds terrible if I was checking the rebar for the two days that it took them. But what happened is I'm a 20, 23 years old, fresh OE, fresh out of college. We're building the pool. Pool guy comes in, Zach, I've been building pools for 30 years. You don't got to worry about me. I do this in my sleep. I'm like, sweet, check that off the list. I don't have to check that guy's stuff. Like, he know that guy knew what he was doing. Damn. Um, me and Lacey are walking. It's 5 o'clock. We're both walking to our cars, just chit-chatting about the day. She's telling me about my to-do list. Um, and she kind of peeks over and she goes, Zach, like she looks at it for two seconds. She goes, Zach, look at the pool. I look over, I'm like, oh, no. And she's like, yeah, you need to do something. So I immediately grab the phone, call the, call the trade partner. He's like, Zach, what's up? I'm like, man, you put the pool in backwards. He's like, what? What do you mean backwards? I'm like, the bench is on the wrong side. You have the bench pointed out to Red River instead of pointed <laughs> to the 100-year-old mansion that we're spending millions and millions of dollars on refurbishing who wants to look at the street he's like no way no no i did not do that i'm like cancel the gun i because they were going to pour it the next day it was oh going to be so bad so it didn't turn out that bad but yeah so i'm like cancel the gun i you're not pouring this i'll see you at 7 a.m so he comes in at 7 a.m he's like look no it's in per plan i take the sheet flip it over and i'm like that that's how it's supposed to be oh my god he's and yeah he was sweating worried about cost and so i was like D put it in backwards redo it i'm Just sorry it. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah no that so for all the oes p's qms out there if anyone ever comes and tells you that they've been doing it for 30 years and that you don't need to check their stuff that is run to their stuff run and check it because that guy is going to make mistakes Oh, brother. I do remember that. I, as, yeah. as soon as I thought about it, I was like, oh, I know exactly. I, I still meet, was. I'll still meet people um, for the first time at like happy hours here. Say like, hey, Zach Coker. They're like, 
are you the one that put the pool in backwards? I'm like, ah, damn it. That story will follow me forever. This will only further perpetuate yeah, the legacy. Now, now it's on the internet forever. 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 Yeah, forever. we don't take these down. We don't edit them either. Um, on a happier note, we only have 10 minutes left. This went by way too quick. Uh, if you had $100 million, no strings attached. This isn't, so, you know, you got to pay half of it in taxes. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh really lame answer i'm probably buying some property around austin like different properties renting them out passive income and go well, buy a quincy beach. you have a hundred million dollars yeah, what are you know. buying but i'm also gonna buy a beach house in like i don't know la for the wife and then down in the bahamas and just chill forever <laughs> i find that hard to believe you you would i could see you taking about four months off and then absolutely losing your mind You'd be over here begging for an internship. Be like, guys, what do you need? Like, I'll sweep slabs. I'll hang hardy. Like, what do you need? I think I could run a bar. Oh, okay. I think I could run a restaurant. I like cooking. I got a, a bunch of my wife's friends got me a 36-inch Blackstone for the wedding. And we're, we're, having a, we're having people over on Thursday, and I'm doing burgers. It's supposed to rain, so we, we might just do pizza. Um, but I've been whipping up on that thing constantly so yeah like a bar and restaurant down in the bahamas i could do that i am so disappointed in myself right now because i spend like before these i spend a good like anywhere from two to four hours like looking into the person i try and find as much information as i legally can about you uh on the internet and i came across your wedding registry and on there there were a ton of cooking things Mm -hmm. and i was thinking did your wife put this all together i was like it's all like grill stuff and outdoor like so i thought about i can't there was um a particular, I think it was like a silicon coated pan or something like that on mm-hmm. there. It looked like it was for pizzas or something. Yeah. Um, I, I thought about asking about that, and I thought, you know what? I really, I, been I really like. I'm not a big. Sm- I want it. I'll eventually get into smoking, uh, like smokers. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, I'm right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Preface that. <laughs> um, eventually, get into smoking meats. Um, yeah, smoking. I. It'd be really cool to like weld my own smoker together and everything but right now i'm just big grill guy the hibachi is sweet lots of stir fry we sous vide some steaks threw them on that um love the sous vide. that's yeah. the only way to go if you're making a steak it's really fun um what else have i done philly cheese steaks burgers fajitas um you make a really mean grill like gourmet grilled cheese i bought like eight different kinds of cheese a couple <laughs> different cuts of bacon ham and like it was just me and Kelly that night, so we we each ate like four grilled cheeses, and then we looked at each other. We're like, uh, so diet starts tomorrow? Yeah, diet yeah. starts tomorrow. Oh yeah, <laughs> S- salads tomorrow. Yeah, nothing but leafy greens. Yeah, that's funny. That's man. I've, I've got a blackstone myself, and that was a uh, money well spent. I, it's I so sick. I love it. Oh yeah, well yeah. We My could. dad's jealous of it. He I always send him pictures, and he's always like, ah, oh, okay. I'm like, come to town. Come on. He's just up in Dallas doing his thing. Just around the corner. I yeah. mean, it's, nah, like, it's easy. It, it it is nice living, uh, being so close to home. Just I, I drive up all the time for various family functions and stuff. They ever come down here to see you? Sounds like not often enough. Uh, is this a, my is this brother, a quiet so, plea for help. Here, no, 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 no. So, our cool thing about it. Um, so my brother, the most fun, most fun I've had on a project was Noasis. It was a bunch of young guys building that building. Uh, Carter Snape and I lived together during that time. So, you know, getting off the jobs, we, we'd go up to each other at like three o'clock, like subs are starting to leave. 
and it'd be a beautiful day out. And we had a system down. I was like, okay, are we going paddle boarding today? So we, because we live right on Lake Austin. So we could, we had it down to a T. It took us 21 minutes to leave the job site. I'd go to the gas station, pick up beer. He would go straight to the house and start pulling the paddle boards out. I'd get ice. And in 21 minutes, me and him were in bathing suits walking down to the lake. And my brother was working uh, at Rogers O'Brien in Dallas, and they sent him down to Austin because we needed an extra hand uh, finishing the building. So they sent Sterling down, and Sterling started working for us. And his, he, he worked for me, basically. He was like one of my finish guys. So he, I put him on both of the amenity levels, and he kind of I, – I ran the schedule and everything, but he, he was just on the floor every day making sure stuff was getting done on time. Um, and that was the most fun I've ever, ever had on a project, working with my brother, working with the guy I lived with. Uh, Strew Hall was over all the time, too. It was just – it was a blast. Man, that sounds awesome. So no, they, I mean, my family comes down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this whole verbose thing. It I keeps know, man. Back. I'm sorry. I'm excited. No, I can I, talk. I love it. I love it. I love the excitement. I think that's uh, – I, I can't find anyone to say anything bad about you. I've, I've tried. Trust yeah. me. Um, but I, I think that excitement that you bring to whatever you're doing, whether it's cooking up some you know grilled cheese sammies or if it's out building a project, uh, you know, cranking out interiors or getting folks motivated to go pour some concrete at three in the morning or whatever it is. I can see why people gravitate towards you and want to do projects with you, oh, want to cool. build great things with you. Appreciate that, man. That's uh, you're, you're a, 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 have a magnetic personality. So thank you. Uh, keep finding ways to leverage that to your advantage. And I'd really try. <laughs> <laughs> it seems you're doing great so far. You made your way on here. Appreciate it. Um, I think we've got time for just a couple more questions here. Shoot. Um, What's something you often disagree with people on? Okay. So back to the, uh, you know, how do I say this? So I'm so in the weeds, right? Like doing smittles, RFIs, doing all the coordination and stuff. Um, the last project, Noasis, you know, I am, I'm still the one running the schedule and everything. No one's really telling me like, no, let's not do it that way. Let's do it this way. Sometimes it kind of hurts when you've been working, like, you know, you're taking a submittal that you did six months ago. You had to do it right then and there because it's got a four-month lead time. It's showing up to the site right when it needs to happen and everything. Okay, everything's perfect. I figured it all out. This is where it's going in, blah, blah, blah. Someone comes up to you and says, nah, we're not going to do it that way. Or you go up and check it like a day after it got installed and it's all different. I'm like, hard hat thrown on the ground what is this what are, what are we doing here who who, did, who said to do this um you know and someone said well, well i thought it'd be better to do this um i'm the one that worked did you do all the work for it like what where do you get off trying to change my stuff um you know so it's the it's kind of a double-edged sword with the pride in the work thing like you know i think i'm right i'm i'm not right sometimes like i can John and Glotta can tell you a lot of things I've been wrong on about on this current project. Um, so it's a good and a bad thing. But yeah, sometimes I just need to be a little bit more susceptible to critiques or, you know, someone that's more experienced wanting to do it a different way because they probably have their reasons. Something I think we could all do a little bit better, yeah. a little more empathy. Yeah. One last question for you before we cut out of here. For sure. If you had to give young Zach some advice, what would you tell him? Uh, 
don't take the learning experiences too hard. The mistakes. I I have a horrible habit of, you know, you, know, you do all that work, you go to put it in, and it's like, like you know, day one, they're working on something for three hours. They, It's not going to work. Like, oh, man, how did I not see that? And it's right there on the page. You're like, how did I not see that? This whole page is just marked in green. I've bled over it and everything. And the one thing that doesn't have a comment on is what you stub your toe on. And I, I do a bad job of not quickly pivoting and correcting the action. You know, no matter what the cost is, the timeline, you know, what what does need to happen to fix it. Some I, I will drag my feet sometimes, being like, "Please fix itself, please fix it." It <laughs> never fixes itself. It never does. So, yeah, my something I tell myself today and would have would like to tell myself five years ago is, "Don't sweat it." Like, you know, you run into an issue. You're gonna. It, it's why they pay you. You're you work for a GC. You are paid to be a problem solver and to fix issues. Mm. Um, sometimes the issues are ones that you created yourself, and those those are the hardest ones to get over. It's easy, like you know, when the architect made a plan that you can't follow, or the engineer did something that's not feasible. Like it's easy to be like, oh well, hey, let me jump on this and fix it. And you fix it in two three hours. Send the RFI in. I can do the same thing when I'm the one that made the mistake, but. Sometimes the ego gets in the way, the, you know, the hurt of, oh my God, I spent so much time on this. Like, how'd you not see that? Um, yeah. And then you exacerbate the issue. You lose more time and it, time's not something we can sweat here. That is all we have time for. It is two o'clock. Uh, just Wonderful. real quick. You did get, uh, I'm sure I'm going to miss some folks here, but uh, Ryan Metz, Will Fisher, Jimmy Schwartz, Chloe Bush, oh, damn. Uh, John McFadden. I'll give you a shout out. Yeah, uh, thank you guys. You got a lot of folks cheering for you, Zach. Appreciate it, y'all. <laughs> and uh, to everyone that joined us, thank you very much. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. We'll have it out on Apple and Spotify uh, later today. We're getting we're getting that turnaround time dialed in finally. It took us a bit of bit of learning, but we're we're getting there. Uh, next week we will have AJ Alvarez coming on, uh, representative from the safety department out of uh, San Antonio, I believe. So that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, thank you all. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks, James.